Hey, hey, everybody. If you're listening to this, you are listening to the first free hour of this episode of The Shift with Doug McKinty. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing to the show in order to access the full feature-length versions of the podcast, as well as have access to the members' forum, where we discuss potential topics and interviews and dive deep into the overall concept of The Shift. For only six bucks a month, not only do you get the full-length episodes, but also an opportunity to co-create with me, your host, Doug McKinty, the future of the show. Go to www.theshiftnow.com or patreon.com backslash the shift and sign up today in order to help make the shift possible. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. morning, noon, or night, whenever and wherever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKinty. This episode was recorded on March 9th, 2022. My guest on the show today is targeted individual VRL Serb. His recent book, The Battle for Your Brain, Psychological Warfare, describes his decade-long experience enduring unending personal attacks coming from seemingly unrelated sources. Though at first he attributed these occurrences to coincidence, eventually an unmistakable pattern emerged causing VRL to look deeper into the phenomena of what it means to be targeted. What he discovered was an active group of online activists all claiming a similar experience. Not only does the harassment include physical abuse, such as verbal harassment from strangers, attacks on personal reputation, constant surveillance, and other forms of what is known as gang stalking, but there are other more subtle forms of emotional abuse as well. These include low-frequency electronic attacks that can make a person physically or mentally ill, and even the use of voice-to-skull technology, which literally make the victim hear voices inside their own head. Ultimately, these tactics are meant to make the victim appear crazy. Indeed, the symptoms are similar to those afflicted with paranoia or schizophrenia. But the sheer volume of those claiming to be targeted, now numbering in the hundreds of thousands or even millions of individuals, lends credence to the notion that some outside entity is engaging in this subtle form of psychological warfare. Though it sounds far-fetched to those who have not experienced this abuse, VRL lists literally dozens of patents proving that companies tied to the military-industrial complex are working on technologies designed specifically to induce these types of reactions within the human mind. According to VRL, these attacks are not limited to one country alone, but must be part of a vast international network potentially spreading across the globe. He has personally experienced consistent harassment across the continent of Europe and and beyond. Perhaps most frustrating to victims is this inability to pinpoint who is responsible. The seemingly random but constant abusive behavior implies a central organization orchestrating the attacks, but the decentralized and clandestine nature of the targeting makes it impossible to ascertain exactly who is ultimately responsible. In this conversation, VRL will describe his experiences as a targeted individual, how he came to the realization that he was being targeted, the different types of harassment he has endured, as well as his own theories about just who is perpetrating the abuse and why they are doing it. You can find out more or contact VRL on Facebook or YouTube at Gang Stalking Attention Awareness. Attention has two A's. Or follow VRLG Serb on his personal Facebook page. You can also find his book, The Battle for Your Brain, on Amazon. 
If you want to find out more about The Shift, you can find me at Doug McKenty on Facebook, at D. McKenty on Twitter, or go to www.theshiftnow.com for hours of free content to sign up for the newsletter or subscribe for feature-length versions of the episodes. If you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast throughout your social media networks. We rely on listeners like you for distribution of this alternative content. Without further ado, I'd like to thank VRL Serb for agreeing to this interview, and thank you for helping to make the shift. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this 112th episode of The Shift. I'm your host, Doug McKenty. I am joined today by VRL Serb. He is a targeted individual. This is a topic that uh, I haven't really covered in the past. I'm hoping to get more and more into not just this topic, but the whole concept of psychological warfare in general, because I think it's so... Um, it just pertains so much to what seems to be happening in the world, no matter what the issue is. But uh, VRL had written this book, The Battle for Your Brain, Psychological Warfare. Uh, and it piqued my interest. And it turned out that uh, it was uh, he's m- deeply involved in the targeted individual situation as he has been targeted himself. And uh, I wanted to have him on to explain what that is uh, and what his experiences are. It's a really difficult topic to have a conversation about, actually, because so many of the people just sound like they're crazy. But when you get enough of them together, and they all have similar experiences, you start to have to ask yourself, what is really going on here? So I'll let VRL uh, introduce himself. And then he's got uh, a little bit of an introduction here uh, about his book and about his experiences. And we'll go from there. Uh, Hey, VRL, how's it going? You're in uh, Poland right now. Hi, my name is Jorol Serp. I'm uh, born in Romania. I'm at the Pol- in Poland at the moment in holidays. And uh, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to speak about this topic. Sure. Uh, this is my book. I don't know if you can really see it. Yeah. It's about gang stalking and targeted individuals. It mainly covers the technology part of gang stalking and uh, tactics and techniques. There is more to to it. I was thinking and I'm researching into the psychological part, like the involvement of psychiatric industry to it and the wrongly diagnosed people as crazy or mentally ill or schizophrenic. But as a whole new book, a whole new topic, I won't talk about that. I'll just um, mention it here and there. when we are ready, I can uh, start with the presentation. Sure. Do you want to just let people know how long, just give them a little bit of your backstory in terms of how long you felt that you've been targeted uh, and maybe just a brief overview about uh, what your experiences are, how you figured it out, what it is, and then we can kick in the, the uh, screen share. Basically, when it starts, it's confusing. You don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you kind of start realizing that something is not right when people are talking the same, are kind of repeating the same sentences or the same numbers or giving you hints that I know what you, what you searched on the search engine or I know your plans, I know, I know what you are up to. And uh, it's kind of the, the loss of privacy it's this, the first uh, the first hint of being a targeted individual. 
if you can call it that way, or a non-consensual human experiment. Uh, for me, it started like 10 years ago, more or less. Uh, it started roughly in the same time after I divorced. I got divorced. Uh-huh. I got married very young and divorced <laughs> very young. And everything started like after. It started to be like like what I said, kind of the loss of privacy and kind of uh, the reputation, the ruining of the reputation and the bullying at work, bullying at home. Like I used to live in London and I lived in the shared house. So basically me and a bunch of other friends, we rented the whole house and then we shared a room for each. And then we, you know, we shared the cost because the cost of living in London is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So it started, it started over there. In London is where I met my ex-wife, where I kind of married her, where I divorced her. So the whole romantic part started there. And then after I divorced her, I was still young. I was still like 24, 25 years old. And then I was uh, starting to to get on with my life, you know, like. But instead of my life going upwards, my life started going downwards. Like people started to bully me in my workplaces. Uh, people starting to, like I said, give you give me hints of what I'm thinking, even what I'm thinking. Like I was thinking something at night. I'm like an overthinker. Until things doesn't make doesn't connect and don't make any sense to me, I just can't you know sleep. And then people gave me started giving me hints like what I was thinking during the night. I mean before I went to sleep. So it was a bit disturbing. I didn't sure. pay attention because I had you know old friends, so we might have all things in common. So I was just like, okay, just let it go. It might happen. But all this, uh, they call them. Uh, uh, I can't find my words. Coincidences. So mm-hmm. all these coincidences started to intensify and intensify and intensify. And after a while, you know, they when they start to setting set to set you up, they start to sabotage you. They start a lot. Then you may you start to realize, wait, it's not just coincidences. It's something really going on. I was even at a point where uh, I wasn't taking any drugs. And at some point, one of my friends, former friends, because we're not friends anymore, called me and he said, uh, you know, if you want to kill yourself, you can do it uh, either uh, opiates overdose or you can hang yourself. (laughs) Uh, Like out of the blue. And uh, funny, a few days or weeks, whatever, later, I didn't feel very well. And uh, I had a drug test. you know, bought from eBay, the one which looks like this, a urine test. And I took a urine test and I had opiates in my system without taking any medication. And wow. Anything. So, yeah, things started getting very bad. And then uh, even to the point where I was sent to the psychiatrist, but I was like years later. And uh, I realized that I'm not crazy. And I came across a video on YouTube. The name of the video is uh, Gangstalking Program Explained. And uh, when I saw that video, like it started to connect the dots. And then my research started. 
That was about eight years ago when my research started. And since then, almost every day, I'm watching videos, I'm reading about it, and I'm trying to connect the dots. Right. And, uh, in 2020, I kind of put all the dots together and I wrote my book. And uh, at, the, at this point, it's everything for me is not, it doesn't have a great impact on me anymore. When I hear them harassing me or I hear them saying something or doing something, it's just like, okay, whatever. I got used to it. They still harass me and they still try to make me crazy, especially now that I'm doing interviews. Yeah. <laughs> They're more intense than usual. But I'm not like, I'm not affected anymore. So kind of I became immune to it, if you can call it that way. And uh, because I became immune to it and uh, I feel like talking to people on Facebook or on social media is not enough and I want to educate more and more people, I decided to start doing interviews. So that's why I'm here today with you. Right. And I want to thank you again for the opportunity. So... Educate the general public about it. Right. Just to give people an overview, what people like you are experiencing is called gang stalking, essentially. And it seems like there's a lot of people involved in this and they're targeting certain individuals, uh, which they just essentially engage in all manners of emotional abuse that you describe in your book. And it seems so strange because it is uh it it's it initially it seems like a coincidence and then it starts to feel more and more like a coordinated attack and now there are uh, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people who complain about this i mean it's become a pretty widespread phenomenon uh and when you get together with these other people you can corroborate your experiences a lot of people are having these very similar experiences um and so it seems coordinated now there's evidence uh, just to set up your intro, evidence that government agencies are participating and they're using all of this uh, high-tech equipment that can actually get inside your brain, voice-to-skull technologies. Uh, I've done a couple of interviews with uh, Alana Freeland, who's written some books uh, on the big picture of this, but I wanted to interview you as an individual who's actually had this experience of, of being targeted specifically. Um, so why don't we check out uh, what you've got uh in terms of this introduction that you've put together, and then we can go from there. Cause it's, uh, I just want to make sure the audience can kind of follow and understand what's going on if they haven't been uh, introduced to this concept before. Yes, uh, let's do that. Uh, I need to put quite some uh, information into that presentation. So let's hope the public will be able to, to understand what's going on. I'm going to share the screen now. One second, because I'm doing it wrong. Wait, what's going on? Uh, can you see my screen now? No, it's not coming up. It is not, one second, let me do it again. Share. There we go. Oh, okay. Great, so here we are, start the slideshow. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to last about 15 to 20 minutes, I guess, maybe a bit more. Let's start with the beginning. This is my book. 
that I wrote. And this is the introduction that I prepared for this introduction. So my question is, how do you explain a program that is designed to make you look and sound crazy when you try to explain it without looking and sounding crazy? Yes, so I'm going to, to try to do that now. Uh, do you hear me? Do you see me? Everything is okay? Yep, looking good. Good. We are going to start. Uh, if we are looking at the FBI tactic called Cointel Pro, which had the same aim to disrupt domestic American political organizations. So I will start from the beginning. Cointel Pro, it's called. Syllabic abbreviation derived from counterintelligence program. 1956, so the war ended in 1945. And in 1956, the Americans used the same tactics like the Germans for the same goal. It was a series of covert and illegal projects conducted by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting Domestic American political organization. It might have been designed to do that, but in today's world, citizens are getting uh, targeted and are dealing with the same tactics and techniques used in Cointel Pro. The second project is the Project MK Ultra, was the code name for a covert CIA mind control and chemical interrogation research program run by the Office of Scientific Intelligence. The program began in early 1950s. 1945, the war ended 1950s. Continuing at least through the late 1960s. Basically, according to some conspiracy theorists and some documents, the project MKUltra never ended. It was just taken from the lab out into the public, which is known as today's gang stalking. Mm -hmm. And it uses United States citizen as its test subjects, targeted individuals. I have the source here, so I'm not just making this up. And then a, a short sentence, a short note. All mind control experimental programs started in the USA after World War II. And the import, if you can call it that way, of the so-called Nazi scientists. Next slide, technology. I'm going to play a short video to explain like how the like the name it's saying, evolution of technology, how it all started. This is mind control technology, and then we will, you know, carry on from there. Electronic mind control research is not new. A scientific milestone in this area came in the 1960s when Dr. Jose Delgado demonstrated remote control over a charging bull. By connecting a radio antenna to electrodes inserted into the bull's brain, Delgado proved that the animal's aggressive impulses could be thwarted by electronically manipulating the bull's muscle reflexes. Do you realize the fantastic possibilities if from the outside we could modify the inside could we give messages to the inside? But the beauty is that now we are not using electrodes. In recent years, Delgado has shown that the behavior of monkeys can be altered using low-power pulsating magnetic fields. But in these experiments, there were no antenna implants. Any function in the brain 
emotions, intellect, personality, well, could be perhaps modified by this non-invasive technology. Delgado's research has so far been limited to animals, but in the Soviet Union, a radio frequency, or RF device, has been used for over 30 years to manipulate the moods of mental patients. More and more we will be able to measure and understand how our brain cells function. Deciphering our consciousness is another question, but the experiments of Dr. Yang Dan have proved that in principle it is possible to read and to understand the brain. <laughs> I didn't know that we started this thing again, so, so this is a digitized movie. Um, we present this to the animal and we record the activity of the, their visual neurons and these electrical signals that we recorded from will travel through these cables. She managed to tap the vision from the brain of a cat and to reconstruct what the cat sees onto a computer screen. So this is a digitized movie. Um, this particular movie is a short clip from Indiana Jones, I think. Here we see the two images next to each other. On the left, the image that was shown to the cat. At the right, the image that is tapped out of the cat's brain. The picture has a lot of random flickering, the noise. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. probably the, the noise of the, the actual uh, neurons because they sometimes fire spontaneous spikes. We consider those noise, but maybe they reflect something else, maybe the, the thoughts or, or something. But we can distinguish that. So when we use all of those, thinking that they represent visual information, this is the reconstruction that we come up with. It is the first time an image was tapped from a brain. It proves that we can read and understand the grammar of it. The face is recognizable, but I still can't avoid the impression that the face has something cat-like. If we have algorithms that stimulate the right things and give it the right data, they could reprogram you in a way without you even knowing it. it we call it hallucinating, right? But these would be controlled uh, hallucinations run by algorithms. So you think you're in control of your own will, but it's actually some evil AI or evil people controlling everything we do and we're more like zombies, you know? Like we think we're free and we're not actually free. It is called the sentient world simulation. The program's aim, according to its creator, is to be a continuously running, continually updated mirror model of the entire planet, complete with billions of nodes representing every person on the Earth. Targets and mind control victims have their minds linked up for life with conscious supercomputers which send a steady stream of bi-directional, low-frequency electromagnetic radiation to the target's brain. And what people have to realize is that these targeted individuals are basically the test stage for rolling all of this madness out to all seven billion of us on this planet. And this was a white paper put out by Purdue University in 2006, and the Sentient World Simulation, SWS, went live in 2007, which represents every person on the planet within this computer matrix as a node, and every node is given an avatar, an identifier. And that is real-time, 24-7 monitoring of every person on the planet. This is primarily, but not exclusively, facilitated by the adiabatic quantum computers produced by D-Wave Corporation. At the time of initial reports on the program, there were only 62 country-level simulations being run by the U.S. Department of Defense. These simulations grouped humans into composites, 
with 100 individuals acting as a single node. But already at that time, the US Army had used the systems to create a one-to-one -one level simulation of potential army recruits. It's the stuff of a Hollywood movie, but a group of veterans has filed a lawsuit against the CIA and US Army claiming that the government planted remote control devices in their brains. The claims relate to a government program at the US Army's Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland. The ultimate aim would be to archive enough data on each individual to be able to make a computer model of everyone on the planet. In the human genome, we have a finite in the hundreds of thousands of different genes across our species. Um, and we mapped them out in the Human Gene Project. Well, now it's the Human Mind Project, the Global Brain Project. You know, uh, uh, President Obama just recently funded uh, a whole bunch of scientists to decipher the mind. Well, our previous president, same thing, George Bush, said the same thing. They're trying to decipher every possible thought and uniqueness due to culture and language and, and whatnot. And the goal is to make a cognitive model or map of the victim's brain. Ultimately, the system replicates and digitizes the will, intellect, and emotions, the soul of the targets, and downloads this back into the conscious computer. Yes, conscious computer. Mm -hmm. Next slide. So we can have a bit of a chat and then we can carry on with the presentation. So basically, from my point of view, it started as a hate crime and it turned it into a plan for total control of the human body, mind and the entire population. Welcome to the planet Earth. Welcome to the Zionistic New World Order and total control. So basically, this is, uh, as you heard, in the previous video, a mind control grid for every single person on this earth. Uh, that's why I want to talk about it. And that's why I'm trying my best to educate the public about it. I'm not doing this to complain that I'm a targeted individual and uh, seek attention and uh, seek uh, you know, empathy from people, because I'm not on this planet to be saved. I'm on this planet to save. So that's why I put all this together. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, as you can see the text where it says it gets worse. Actually, it does. Because uh, this mind control grid it's kind of out of the government's hands in a way. I'll explain it later after we watch the video and it's out into the hands of some very bad people. Let's uh, play the next video and then uh, we continue. Okay. The mind is boggled by the possibilities uh, in terms of what this could be used for. The radio frequencies, um, the microwave signals, uh, the entire spectrum um, of radio frequencies can be used um, within a certain range uh, to produce all sorts of different effects. So the, what, the way it works is a device broadcasts a radio frequency, let's say at an individual, and that radio frequency will hook up with the resonance frequency of the individual's mind or body or in this case, DNA. And what happens is once the resonant frequency is found in the targeted individual, 
and the broadcast frequency matches up with that resonant frequency, those two frequencies interlock and they can be thought of as one frequency or one energy. And what happens is between the broadcast frequency and the individual that's receiving the broadcast frequency, once it's resonating, uh, once they are resonating together, a, a super highway of frequency along which information can be sent is created. And so you can think of it just like fiber optic cables that you use to send uh, signals over the Internet that connect people to the Internet. It's the exact same thing, only a wireless application of that. And so once you have connected the targeted individual with the frequency um, and they resonate together, then you have a perfect uh, avenue upon which to send and receive information back and forth. And that's exactly how they manipulate someone's thoughts. They send voices into someone's head. Uh, they manipulate their emotions. They manipulate their behavior. And then that's also how they receive back from the Id individual in real time uh, the vital signs, the emotions, the thoughts, uh, what the person's seeing, what the person's hearing. And then all that information, of course, is rendered on a computer elsewhere uh, via software, and it can be monitored and tracked in real time. It can literally stop your own thoughts from happening and replace them with other thoughts uh, by sending thoughts to your head. And it's so sophisticated that you cannot tell where these thoughts are coming from. There's no way to, to discern that they are coming from somewhere other than your own mind. So you can imagine how bad this would be for people that don't even realize this technology exists. And they're having these thoughts, which they think are spontaneous, because uh, being under the influence of this technology now, kind of having been on both sides of it, I am, I am just amazed um, at the way it works. And I know that the thoughts that they beam into your head originate from the exact same place in your mind that your own natural thoughts originate from. So if I didn't know I was under the influence of this technology, then I would have no idea that anyone was influencing my thoughts at all. And that's exactly what it can be used for. It can be used to sway people in terms of their opinion, to make them go along with a certain agenda. It can be used to turn groups of people or individuals against each other uh, for whatever purpose. And uh, actually, this exact same technology can be used um, to not only influence the thoughts of someone, but also uh, the voice box of someone. And it came to mind because you mentioned a politician. I heard that they actually used this uh, on George Bush uh, Jr. once, George W. Bush, when he was giving a mm -hmm. speech because he could not remember his line. William, or William, to pronounce it in English without mm -hmm. Romanian accent. William. Edward Binney, Binney is a former intelligent official with the United States National Security Agency and whistleblower. In this slide, on his presentation, you can see the bottom right corner. You can see him with the screen. So he's basically saying that all these countries are partners approved sing, sing, sing it, sing it partners. Uh, why I post this video here? Because uh, I want to say something. I've traveled, work and travel, because I'm into travel. I was born to travel. I've been to a roughly more or less 40 countries. 
and I've been harassed in all of them. So I've been to Canada, I've been harassed in Canada, I've been to United Kingdom, I've been harassed in United Kingdom, and then I'm just going to mention the rest of this, the, the countries. Austria, Belgium, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, uh, France, Germany, Hungary, Italy, uh, Netherlands, Poland, Romania, Singapore, Spain, Sweden, Turkey. So I've been to all these countries and I've been harassed to all these countries. So I can, in a way, say, yes, he's correct. Uh, we're going to play the next part of this video. In the next part, Brian Coffron, I cut the video in a such a way so he can introduce, introduce himself. I mean, basically, he's introducing himself in his video, in his interview. But I left that part in this presentation so people can understand who he is and uh, what work is he, have, he has done. Uh, on the top of the video, you can see the titles of his interviews. So he has part one and part two. So if anyone wants to listen to, to him, he can just go on YouTube and just type, type in these titles and they can just go straight to my YouTube channel and listen. Now I'm going to just press play and uh, let's play the second part. Okay. Uh, they're a private security company that is headquartered in Culver City, California. And through a friend, I heard that SIS was hiring. I heard they were hiring for security specialists. And given my background uh, in education, which is uh, actually anthropology and sociology, um, most people don't see how those two connect. But by studying human beings, uh, you can really do well within the intelligence uh, industry and within the security industry because it is all about uh, learning how to deal with and talk to and communicate with and ultimately from our perspective secure human beings and so it was through uh, friends and family that I learned about the opportunity and I started off like everybody else as a low-level security guard um, minimum wage I worked my way up through the company over time and uh, eventually was assigned to uh, executive protection and uh, threat assessment, risk management. And just to tell you a little bit about that, what my official duties were was to secure uh, personnel, data, and property uh, of VIPs that our company is hired to protect. So there's a whole lot of training that goes into that. And um, I became a security specialist for SIS, specializing in executive protection, also risk and threat assessment uh, to our clients. Our clients are the companies or the individuals that we contract out with and provide services for. And it was in that context uh, that I became aware of uh, what I describe as a social engineering program and uh, a research and development program that was being carried out by SIS uh, and our clients in Seattle, uh, the Amazon Corporation. And it was through moving up within the SIS um, hierarchy and working with more and more people as I was assigned to more and more assignments, I became aware of these, the existence of this program. And then little by little over time, I became aware of the extent of it. 
And it wasn't long before I realized how horribly out of control it was, how downright evil it was. Once I began to realize that SIS was experimenting on its own employees, my fellow security specialist, I was outraged. I later learned that um, my company was involved in a larger social engineering program that encompassed the entire city of Seattle. That aspect of the program was experimenting on the homeless population of Seattle, Washington, uh, who were housed in DESC, Downtown Emergency Services Center uh, facilities. And I later learned that they were indeed experimenting with, when I say experimenting, voice to skull, hive mind, behavior modification technology that is frequency-based and directed at a targeted individual to basically control their entire person. Um, and it was uh, by moving up even more that I realized that this experimentation was going on uh, against the general population of Seattle. And then just the average man and woman on the street, upper class, um, upper, upper class, and even the flat out rich were having this technology used on them without their knowledge. Uh, as more and more informa information and details of the program became uh were made known to me, I became more and more outraged by it. And I spent a long time because I had many friends within the security company. A lot of these people are great people. Uh, they're very good people. Not everybody involved in SIS is directly involved in experimenting in pe on people. They're not all directly involved in gang stalking. I never was. I never partook in that. Uh, but I did partake in training uh, that deals with tactics and protocols that are used uh, normally for surveillance and counter-surveillance, uh, but within that is the all of the information and the know-how that you need to be able to gain stock, and that is, in fact, what they are doing. Um, and so over time, I, I became outraged, and um, I tried to play my cards right, wait for the right moment, and uh, when I really just couldn't tolerate it anymore, when I found out just how out of control it was, I decided to object to my superiors in person, but within SIS specifically, what happens is they are uh, experimenting on their own employees. So uh, it's a long story. I'll try to get through it quick, but basically people are selected from all over the country. Um, we're talking other cities all over America. They are selected uh, for many different reasons. Often it is because they are isolated. They don't have a lot of money, friends, or family. And they also tend to be people that are highly, highly intelligent. Um, the aspects of this technology that they're interested in improving upon have to do with cognitive processes, processing information. And as a result, they want highly intelligent people to be targets of this program. They also tend to target people who are into what I would call alternative research, uh, commonly called maybe conspiracy theories, people that disagree with the government, people that are into researching things like 9-11. Uh, also, they are interested in people that are interested in technology. I have found a high percentage of targeted individuals to be people who either are interested in or have information on highly advanced technologies, usually having to do with directed energy weapons and frequency weapons, uh, the exact kind of weapons that we're talking about here that are used uh, in voice to skull um, and behavior modification, the works. There's many other aspects to the technology. But once these people are selected, um, they will have the entire gang stalking slash voice to skull program run against them. This is detailed in my article. 
but they will be organized stock. They will have career um, sabotage programs run against them to ruin their job. They will have character assassinations camp campaigns run against them in their neighborhood. They'll be isolated from family and friends as those individuals are turned against them. And they will be isolated slowly and slowly over time using the technology itself, as uh, many of the people freak out understandably when they at first don't know what it is. Oftentimes, they end up going to psychiatrists and uh, false diagnoses of schizophrenia, manic depression, uh, delusion, delusional, paranoid are rendered against this individual. And it turns out that that's a loophole in the law, law that they are using to take away people's constitutional rights, as once you are deemed mentally unfit to care for yourself, i.e. you're depressed, delusional, paranoid, etc., they use that, uh, the state or the federal government uses that as, as an excuse to come in and say that they have to care for you. So I would warn all targeted individuals out there, please do not go to psychiatrists and, and and allow them to render a diagnosis against you because that is a dirty trick they're using to take away the rights of people all, all over the country. Basically, yes. Let's go to the next, next part. So I did, uh, because this one was, this was one of the main reasons I kind of started to research the psychiatry industry. That's why I put this part into the presentation. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the most important, well, everything is important, but it's very important because as uh, you heard him say, these victims, targeted individuals, are labeled as crazy. So basically these people are getting away with murder, theft, and much, 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 much more. So I will uh, just talk about my short experience with a psychiatrist. Uh -huh. uh, the same person who called me and told me that I can kill myself uh, with opiate, op op opioids mm -hmm. and or hang myself was the same person who told me, which I will say in this part here, but I will start at the beginning. So... Yes, I did end this speech here because I have a short story to tell about the psychiatric industry. It's like a short introduction. It starts like this. One of them, when I say them, I'm referring to the gang stalkers, or you can call them sim simple Zionist Illuminati or Freemasons, pretty much the same thing, just different levels into their game. So one of them called my mom with a cloned phone number and a cloned voice of my brother and told her, or my mom, to take me to a psychiatrist in my hometown. Uh, they told my mom the name of the psychiatrist. So basically they called my mom and said, uh, you know, uh, we, I think we are sick and uh, you should uh, take him to see a psychiatrist. At that time they drugged me, they poisoned me, they destroyed my brain completely. And uh, of course I went to the psychiatrist with my mom because I had my brain damaged. I did not realize what I was doing. So basically I was in a state of trance, like I had a, I had a very thick fog on my brain. So basically I couldn't think. I would uh, have a very bad uh, short time memory. I was like talking something to someone and a few minutes later, I, 
I would just forget. That's a symptom and a side effect from the directed energy weapons, microwave weapons. Okay, so after they drugged me, poisoned me, almost completely destroyed my brain, one of my former friends told me, the same man, what I started with this presentation, and I quote, man, you are paranoid schizophrenic. You don't know what you, what, if you don't know what to tell to the psychiatrist, I will come with you and tell her myself. And I was like, okay, so that's why I put with red, listen to this. First, I did not tell him that I am going to see a psychiatrist. Second, I did not tell him anything that could have gave him any clues that I might be schizophrenic. And three, and the most important part is, a few months later, I spoke with my brother. And uh, I asked him, how do you know the psychiatrist? I mean, the person you sent me to. And his, ask, his answer was, I did not call mom, and I did not tell her anything about any psychiatrist. Right. And I was like, okay, so, yeah. What happened then a few months ago? How can I go back in time and fix what happened? And uh, having all these experiences and having all these contradictions uh, and knowing that I'm not crazy actually put me on the way and in few very deep rabbit holes. And that's why I wrote the book. So basically I was once to the psychiatrist and uh, on the second time when I went there, I start, basically my whole research started with a simple question, mind reading technologies. I Googled that and I came across gang stalking. Mm -hmm. I came across the video, which it's entitled gang stalking program explained. So basically I was sitting in the waiting room to go see the psychiatrist for the second time while I was watching this video. And it was like everything started to come, in, to come together. So I was like, okay, great, fantastic. And I just basically stood up and I just left. I just walked out the door. I was with my father. My father asked me, well, what, what happens? I was like, come, I, I don't need a psychiatrist anymore. And I went home and the, the very deep rabbit holes that I went through, sure. that's how it all started. You know, I was like, okay, this is happening to me. So I need to, to look into it. And I did, so, until I figured it all out. So, yeah, I put it here on the, I just took, like, a bit of information note. Like, I was not diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic because of my second visit, just what I said. If you are listening to this, you are listening to the first free hour of The Shift with Doug McKinty. For access to the full feature-length versions of the podcast, go to www.theshiftnow.com and subscribe for the audio version for just $6 a month. Access the full-length episodes in video form through rockfin.com by subscribing at the Shift with Doug McKinty landing page. For $9.99 a month, you gain access not only to The Shift, but also all other premium content material hosted on the platform. Find out more at www.theshiftnow.com backslash store. Detoxify your body, decolonize your mind, make the shift. And the last point of this presentation, questions. One, okay, why does the government allow this to happen? Government basically is them. When I say government is saying everyone gets paid to stay away from 
cover it or be part of it. Psychiatry industry makes money from the consultation of the victims and the creation of new mental illnesses. Big Pharma is selling drugs. Military industrial complex is developing and test testing new mind control technology. Military industrial complex, NATO. Uh, the police are getting paid to be part of it or cover it. Basically, the police officers are involved in it. The police department is having annual budget increase if the criminality rate is increasing in their area. Common sense. More criminals, we need more people, we need money. The Freemasons are having a lot of fun and are making a lot of money by selling the lives of targeted individuals online. This is a very lucrative and profitable business. Stealing from people, ruining them, and making a show out of it. The Freemasons are getting rid of their competition and the people that they don't like, like me, in my case. According to the slave masters, the world is overpopulated. They are working on the population agenda as we speak, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. I'm not going in there yet. Uh, no, I can't pronounce that word even if I wrote it. Killing people is not a problem today. We are too many anyways. We, when I say we, I'm talking about you and me and the general public. And the last question is this. And I want everyone to think about it. How can we protect ourselves when the people who are supposed to protect us, the police, secret services, the army, health industry, big pharma, psychiatric industry, so on and so forth, are working together to kill us? One answer, short answer, I guess that there, there isn't much that we can do. And another answer, which is also right, they kill us because we allow them to. And this is the end of the presentation. I do apologize for taking so long, but I think I covered a few important aspects. Yeah. And I kind of make, put it in a such a way to make sense for, like, you know, general public, not just for targeted people. Well, it certainly is fascinating. I mean, um... You know, first of all, the fact I think that this seems to be a it, it's not just a government operation. I mean, it's not just one entity uh, that's doing this or targeting individuals on this level. But it seems to be uh, this cartel uh, behind the scenes like you're talking about uh, connected to Freemasonry, maybe other secret societies that turned it into a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just like the CIA or the American government is involved in this, but it's really happening all over the world. And it seems to be motivated by um, this larger organization that's working behind the scenes. I mean, that, that in and of itself is a fascinating conversation to have. Um, so basically, is the, excuse me to interrupt you. I just mm -hmm. want to make a quick point. Basically, is what I said. Are the Zionists at the top? Then are the Freemasons at the bottom? And then there are the different branches. Right. So it basically, that's how it is. From as, as I see it and from all my research and all the 
rabbit holes I've been into for the last 10, 12 years because sure. I haven't watched TV in 12 years and I'm into conspiracy theories. Right. And watching them and connecting the dots and putting everything together to make sense. As I said, I can't sleep if things don't make sense. So I had to put everything into like a big picture as I made this presentation to make sense for everyone. Because if I say it, or we targeted individuals are saying it as they want us to, we automatically sound crazy because it is designed this way. Sure. Sure. I mean, it was fascinating to hear your story about going to the psychologist in the book. You actually recommend people just stay away from, from psychologists if they think that they're uh, being targeted in this way because you're just going to get sucked into this whole system. You're going to get drugged. You're going to get um, diagnosed. Uh, and this isn't really what's happening to you. You're you're actually being gang stalked in this organized fashion. So it just makes your problems worse. You're basically a captain. A, pro, a for-profit captain. Mm-hmm. If you can put it that way, I mean, to leave aside all the terms in gang stalking terms and mind control terms, to put it plainly, that's what it is. I mean, basically, they take you from where you are, they put you in here, they strip you off of everything, and then they dump you. So they are basically, you are kept, or you, they are parasites. Another right. term that can be described that. Described that. Sure. Criminal organization, whatever else you want. But that's basically what it is. You take a creative person, a smart person, a very productive person, a person who wants what's best for this planet, basically, because as I presented you, all those people want what's best for this planet. They all have grandiose projects in mind to make this world a better place. So you take the people who want to make this world a better place, you strip them of everything, you share amongst yourselves the what you can strip that person off. When that person has nothing, you dump them and you carry on. Is what it is, basically. Mm-hmm. It started as what it started. It progressed as what it progressed. It was the plan to be as what it is. But someone, somewhere along the way, things went wrong. Like very wrong. And that's, that's where we are at the moment. It was something, then it was something else, and then it was something else. And what, that's what it is today with all these private contractors and all these uh, other groups of people involved. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, and the other thing that really, I think, lends credence to all of this is the technologies and the patents that you describe in the book that we've we saw some of in the presentation there where clearly they've been working on this kind of technology for a long time i mean that is something that really can't be disputed um this this voice to skull technology these ways of uploading and downloading information uh from and into your brain uh the ability to um make you have thoughts that don't originate with you. Uh, all of these things are, are technologies that they've, they've been working on now for decades. It's really um, amazing to think that the amount of money and the amount of time that's gone into it, 
and these are just the things that we know about. There's so much classified information and technologies that are out there. I'm sure we haven't even heard of. It's just phenomenal to understand that so many governments uh, and so many of these intelligence agencies are working on this kind of stuff, but that's clearly provable. You just uh, read my mind when you said classified. Uh, it was the point I wanted to talk about. Uh, as far as I'm, I know, and I find out through the years, uh, the government, it's like 30 to 50 years ahead. Right. What we know, I mean, what I have presented and what are people talking about. I'm not saying that a whistleblower who, who exposed the program is like, you know, wrong. But what I'm saying is uh, when this, when the technology hits the masses, it was, it was used way before. They, their technologies, what are working at now, are way advanced. Yeah. They are way ahead of what we are talking about now. And there aren't any ways that we can basically find out what is it all about. Because as you saw on NBIC, I think it was, uh, it's spread across way too many sectors. And uh, it all connects into one point. Where is that connected point? Right. Is it NASA? Is it NSA? Is it HARP? Is it FBI? Is it CIA? Is it a monastery in Romania somewhere? Right. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> sometimes they do that, you know, they hide everything in a place where you just go there, visit, and you think it's ruins, and it actually is like, is it in an underground somewhere? <laughs> you know, they have underground bunkers and stuff. Where is it? What is it? We don't know. But what we know, we can start to protect ourselves from what it is now, like at least, because they are always like one step ahead if you want, but we can always, you know, it's like a dance, they call it a dance, like a tango. Sure. One step forward, one two step backwards. So it's like we can fight them or work against them if you, I don't want to use the word fight, so I may sound aggressive. <laughs> so we can unite and uh, you know work against them to protect right. ourselves because basically it's not working like why I said against them it's not working against them to harm them necessarily but work against them to protect us in a self-defense manner sure like it's when I said I became immune to it I actually did well not completely because I will give you a short example what, when I say what why I'm not completely immune to it. I'm in Poland. I'm in Poland. Uh, two weeks ago, more or less, I rented a place, short-term rent. I came in on Sunday. Nobody was working on Sunday. The people were very nice because Polish people are very nice. And uh, the agency said, okay, we are going to sort you out so you can, uh, you know, come in on Sunday. I was like, okay, fine, great. Uh, there was this person from the agency, this uh, nice girl. Uh, she came in, uh, showed me the place, and gave me the place. And then she said, uh, a few days later, you should uh, just come into the agency to sign the contract. And uh, the place was a bit, you know, dirty. I may have too high standards when it comes to cleaning. 
Mm-hmm. But long story short, while I was talking to the girl about the cleaning stuff, I said to her, I'm not into dirty places. I can't stand dirty places. If I would have lived, if I have to live in a dirty place for too long, probably I would commit suicide. And then I stopped like, what? I would never commit suicide. I mean, I would never do that for a dirty place. I can clean it. Excuse my French. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I realized, oh, it's there. But in that moment, how do I explain to that girl in the office that is not me saying that I'm going to commit suicide, that is the technology. As I said, they are ruining relationships. So every time you meet a new person, an important thing, like a rent, a job, a girlfriend, or a potential business partner, they are always using this technology. Even if I'm immune to a certain degree, they still have control. <coughs> because as you speak, you're not thinking what you're speaking. You are kind of know what you're going to say. And then this technology, as the video explained, they can manipulate thoughts yeah. and speech. So they basically make you say stupid stuff. So I just, I didn't say anything. So I just, I just said, okay, I just carry on the conversation in a different, you know, change the subject. I didn't start explaining to her. I'm explaining to you why I'm not like 100% uh, immune to it, but I know like a very large aspect of it. I'm, I'm immune. Right. You've gotten so used to. I'm going to, to make a point to the immunity. Uh, what I find out talking to schizophrenics because I joined schizophrenia groups. When the voices start or when the thoughts are running crazy in someone's head, like they can't control their thoughts. Before that, it's a ringing in their ears. Like in many cases. Uh-huh. So basically, the ringing in the ears is when they are hitting you with this frequency they are connecting your brain to the computer before they can introduce whatever it is they are going to introduce. Voices, music, crazy thoughts, whatever. So basically, when, uh, when that ringing starts, if you can identify it and say, yes, it's them. And say, like, just the simple fact that you identified the ringing in the ear and say, okay, it's them. I'm not going to let them control me. Right. I'm going to repeat a certain word a few times. I'm going to play some music or I'm going to start doing something that distracts me from that connection, like break the connection, basically. And then uh, do something for a short period of time, like until the ringing goes, be focused for, let's say, 20, 30 minutes, painting, singing, dancing, washing dishes, cooking, thinking at something else other than you were talking on in that same moment, let's say you were talking about flowers, you were thinking about flowers, think about helicopters, something unrelated. So you break, basically you break that connection. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating okay. that you've had to get used to this and figure out these techniques to uh, You need kind to, of... yeah, experience the things and try things too. Right. Have you... Uh... 
have you found other targeted individuals that you've spoken with? Do you, do you, or do you participate in a, in a group or, you, you know, and how widespread, how many people, how many other people do you think this is uh, affecting right now? It's hard to say because there is a very, very small percentage of people who know what gang stuffing is, what mind control is. Yeah. There are a very large number of people who are wrongly diagnosed as schizophrenics. Uh, they are imprisoned. There are many who kill, just lose, just lose it and start killing people, and then they say the right. government is controlling their brains and end up in prisons, end up in mental institutions. There are many end up uh, homeless. Many end up addicted to drugs. As I gave you the example, I had opiates in my system without taking opiates. So basically, I could have became addicted, ruined my life. I mean, them ruining my life, but with my kind of help, like collaboration, you know? Like sure. manipulating me into... Because if they put some drugs into you, then you basically lose control over time. So it's hard to estimate how many targeted individuals are. According to some whistleblowers and according to some statistics, 1% uh, of the entire human population is suffering from schizophrenia. Out of that 1% suffering from schizophrenia, I would say 80 to 90% of them are targeted individuals. Mm -hmm. No. So let's add. The homeless add all that. So my estimates would be like two to three percent of the entire human population are the victim of this type of image and tactics and techniques. My estimates. I might be wrong, I might be close to the truth. Sometimes, I mean most of the times I'm kind of close to the truth. I can't because I'm one man army, I can't do all the work, and being a truck driver. I'm working 12 to 15 hours every day. Right. I have very little time to work on these things. I do work when I have some spare time during the weekends when I have long holidays, but I can't put all the numbers together. But according to my estimates, two to three percent, I'm like 90 percent sure hmm. that they are victim of this technology and these tactics, techniques, and of these people. Well, sounds good, uh, VRL. I'm afraid uh, we're running out of time here. I'm going to have to take off. Um, but I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing your interpretation of, of uh, what's been going on. It seems like it's been a pretty long haul for you. Um, do you, if you have anything that you want to say in conclusion and uh, let people know where they can find your YouTube channel, maybe your Facebook page where people can find out more. Yeah, my conclusion is... Uh, the rabbit hole is deep. Uh, we are in trouble, too many of us. Uh, my book, I'm not uh, bragging or trying to get sales. My book is not a matter of I might need it. It's a matter of I should read it and protect myself for what's coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my short conclusion. Where people can find me, they can find me on my YouTube channel, this is the name of my YouTube channel. Gang stalking, attention, awareness. Okay. Can you read it? 
Yep. Uh, the A has two A's. I know it's a spelling mistake, but it's, uh, you know, intentional spelling mistake. Uh, my page, it's vorlg.serb, where you contacted me. They can like my page and then send me a private message. I will try to answer to all of them. I would say one thing. If anyone wants to contact me, please don't just contact me, say hi, how you doing? Because I don't have time for chats. If you are a targeted individual or you want to learn more about the subject, you should just contact me and ask a specific question. Mm -hmm. I have a video for every question almost, or I have a, you know, a sort of resource um, article or a website or something. So if anyone would want to learn more, I would be sure, I would be glad to answer all the questions and share the information related to that specific question. Uh, my name is Viorel Serb, like my name on the book. If you can see, uh, you can find me on Facebook. What I would suggest, because why I'd like to make this public is to educate the public. So I would encourage people to join my group, share specific questions they have. I will answer the same way I said I will answer into my page with links, with resources. We can talk about it and more people can educate themselves. If I go private with each one of them, like each person, I will spend too much time. If someone has a specific question and I offer the resources, somebody else can click that link or open that PDF and watch the resources and learn. So I, I like to make it public. That's why I encourage people to join my group. It's gang stalking, attention, awareness. Attention has two A's and between attention and awareness is no space. That's my Facebook group. Join my group and ask questions. I will be more than glad to answer and share resources and educate and help people. Well, sounds good, VRL. VRL, thank you for coming on the show once again. Um, it's uh, I've uh, heard so many stories about targeted individuals. I know it's a, it's a really rough situation to be in. Um, so I appreciate the fact that you, uh, you came on the show and you let people know about your experience and, and what your research is, has shown you. Um, I'll make sure and put uh, these this contact information in the show notes. If you have questions, you can uh, you can contact him uh, and get in touch. If you're a targeted individual or you think you are, yeah, you can have a I conversation would like with to him. Add one more thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sure. This last thing, I will share with you a link to Google Drive where anyone who can't afford to buy my book can read it for free. And also, anyone who wants to buy my book, they can find it on uh, Google or they can find it on Amazon. Basically, it's on all major platforms, but these are the two main ones. They can find it in any country on these two platforms. Google and Amazon. Just type in my name, Viral Serp, or type in get, uh, the battle for your brain, and the book will come up. Sounds and I good. Will also show the link for the free book. I will share it with you and you can add it into the description and on the notes. Will do. So can't afford to buy it or just don't want to buy it. They want to read it for free. The point is to educate the public, not to get rich because I probably won't. So <laughs> that's my last. My All last right. Thing. 
Well, sounds good. Uh, and I want to thank everybody who's been listening, let you know that you've been listening to The Shift. I'm your host, Doug McKenty. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, my personal page, Doug McKenty, or The Shift with Doug McKenty uh, Facebook page as well. I'm on Twitter at D McKenty. Uh, and my stuff is on, uh, it's up on YouTube, uh, Rockfin Odyssey. Uh, and I'm on SoundCloud if you want to listen to it, or you can go to my website www.theshiftnow.com and find everything there so uh, thanks again for coming on the show VRL and thank you everybody for listening um, you know I'll keep uh, I'll keep looking into this uh, this whole targeted individual thing and especially the mind control and the manipulation that's been going on it goes deeper than a lot of people understand or realize and it's more widespread uh, so thanks again for sharing your story and thanks everybody for listening we'll uh, yeah Yep, you bet. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, there was my conversation with VRL Serb, a targeted individual. Uh, this is a, a difficult uh, topic to discuss and have conversation about. I approached VRL because he had written the book, The Battle for Your Mind, and I was wanting to dive deeper into the different forms of psychological warfare. I've actually been a little bit overwhelmed lately uh, just about the, the quantity and quality of the propaganda I feel like we're getting, especially here in the United States, I think in Europe as well. Uh, and uh, so I just kind of wanted to expand my coverage of this concept of psychological warfare, what it is, what it means. Uh, and this targeted individual thing uh, has been on my radar for quite some time. Many of you have probably heard about it, but it's such an interesting phenomenon that so many people start saying um, that they are hearing voices in their heads, that they're having strange feelings, uh, highs and lows and emotions that don't make sense, uh, and especially... Uh, being targeted by a variety of people, sometimes people that they've known for a long time, suddenly this consistent and constant harassment starts to happen to them. Um, stories about people that will like come to their house early in the morning and leave a coffee cup on, on the car, but do it every morning over and over again. Um, hearing strange sounds in your house or starting to have a feeling that you're under constant surveillance. Uh, all of these characteristics of what is known as gang stalking over time starts to drive somebody seriously crazy. Uh, they get super stressed out and they have symptoms of someone who's suffering from a, a paranoic personality disorder or schizophrenia even. Uh, VRL actually recommends if you think that you've been if you've been a targeted individual that this is happening to you on purpose, that you don't go to the psychologist because therapists uh, will start, uh, really start to just tell you that you're a crazy person and, and start giving you a lot of mind-altering drugs. Uh, VRL had the story about uh, never having not taken any kind of illegal substances, but taking a drug test and finding that somehow he'd had, he had drugs in his system. Um, and so there appear to be uh, all of these different ways uh, that certain individuals are getting targeted. And again, uh, this is uh, such a difficult thing to believe, but once you get online, you start looking into it, you start seeing that, that many, many people have been affected in this way um, and that it may well be an organized type of systematic psychological abuse on particular individuals, whether or not it's because you uh, have dissenting point of views, maybe you just pissed off somebody who's well-connected into this kind of system, 
Um, it's just a, it, it's a interesting, interesting topic. And so I was happy to cover it. VRL has his own point of view as someone who's been targeted. I'd like in the future to, uh, there have been multiple books written by experts on this topic that uh, haven't been afflicted but have observed many, many people who have been afflicted. And so uh, I'll, I'll try to arrange an interview uh, with one of these people. Um, I do uh, just want to say that um, I did not know that his PowerPoint was going to be quite that long, so I appreciate it if you um, listened to the whole thing. Uh, I didn't really even realize he was going to do that until we started talking, and then... Uh, I thought it was going to be 15 minutes or so of the conversation, and it turned out to be most of the interview. So, um, you know, I hope that you still gained something from his perspective. I wish there had been a little bit more of a back-and-forth conversation, but we were able to get to that towards the end. Um, and I definitely do appreciate getting his point of view as someone who has been personally targeted, uh, just to hear what the world is like from their point of view. When you do look into this phenomenon, you find that there are thousands and thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands, potentially more, uh, who are claiming to have this kind of, uh, be in this kind of situation. Um, and again, it seems so strange that like the world would turn on them. They talk about street theater. They're walking down the street. Suddenly they'll hear their name and, and a couple of people will be, you know, engaging in some kind of conversation about them that they don't even know about. It becomes this, this harassment from strangers, even from sometimes from people that you know who have somehow been influenced. It's, it's, uh, it's, a uh, it reminds me of a, of an emotionally abusive relationship but extended into the entire community or the entire culture that surrounds you uh, until you just get essentially a, a post-traumatic stress reaction, constantly stressed out, constantly uh, looking over your shoulder. Um, and then slowly over time, it has a seriously detrimental effect on, on your uh, psychological uh, and mental health. So... Um, it was good to get his perspective on this. Uh, I did want to take just a second to say that he did kind of bring up the uh, Jewish question. He tended to uh, link the history back to the Ashkenazi Jewish Mafia, which some people tend to do, in my view. Uh, the root causes of, of these kinds of situations, potentially this global cartel that's responsible for all of these things, can't be traced back to just one particular group, but instead many, um, many cartels, many mafia groups working together. Uh, and so I don't particularly uh, generally have on the program uh, someone who specifically targets one particular group. Uh, and so I just wanted to make that clear um, and also say that I went ahead and kept all of uh, VRL's perspectives in the show. I do value his point of view, and he has the right to freedom of speech just like everyone else. Um, but I just wanted to kind of clarify my particular point of view on this program, uh, and I did not uh, realize that that was going to come up at all as part of this conversation. So uh, we'll just, uh, we can leave it at that. <clears throat> the part of all of this that really, um, in terms of the targeted individual, um, the the overall 
concept of it, whether it's real or not, the part of it that really kind of gets to me uh, are the patents. And in his book, VRL does list lots of uh, these specific patents about things like voice-to-skull technology. Also, this came up uh, in my first interview with Alana Freeland, who's done a lot of uh, research into these kinds of technologies, these uh, ultra-low frequency microwave technologies. And the government, lo and behold, has been working on this for decades to figure out how to manipulate people's minds and even upload and download your thoughts and be able to project voices into your skull, <laughs> this voice-to-skull technology. Um, so as challenging as it, as it is for, for uh, the average person to understand or believe that this could possibly be happening, the fact of the matter is um, that people are working on this, and they've been working on this for a long time. And that's what provides for me the most credence to the notion that this is going on, that somehow there is this psychological operation that's utilizing these technologies that they have clearly been working on, uh, and a lot of people now under the influence uh, of this kind of psychological manipulation. So um, I was glad to have this. Again, I think this is going to be more of an introduction to this concept. I'd like to have some more people on um, that have written books about interviews with multiple uh, people that have been affected and uh, maybe then we can go into a deeper conversation about the phenomena in general. But this, as an introduction, uh, was to get you to see uh, how VRL himself has been affected uh, and what's been going on in his life over the course of the last 10-12 years as he's been uh, enduring this psychological manipulation. So uh, I hope you appreciated his point of view. Uh, I did learn uh, quite a bit just from his own personal experience, and so I appreciated the conversation for that. Uh, all right, and I'll let you all know that you can find his stuff, especially if you feel like you might be a victim of this kind of abuse. Uh, he would be someone that you can get in touch with, that you can talk to. Um, a lot of these people, they just start thinking that they're crazy. And it takes them even a year or two to see the pattern. And that's kind of one of the most interesting aspects of this whole thing until they start to realize that this must be an organized, uh, abusive, gang-stalking situation, not just a strange coincidence that all of a sudden all of these people started to harass, you know? <laughs> Um, and so if you feel like you might be uh, a victim of this kind of abuse, you can find VRL uh, on his, he's got a Facebook group and a YouTube channel at Gangstalking Attention Awareness. Attention is spelled with two A's. Uh, I think the Facebook group actually, it's got over almost 2,000 members, so that might be a good place, uh, a good resource if you're concerned that you've been, uh, that you've been um, impacted by this kind of behavior. Uh, and you can also find his book, uh, The Battle for Your Mind, on Amazon, or you can just Google it and you'll be able to find it there. Um, and he's also on Facebook. He's got a personal page, VRLG Serb, so you can find him there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for checking this one out. Uh, you can also find my program, The Shift. If you want to find more information about it, go to www.com, uh, www.theshiftnow.com, uh, and you can find uh, lots of free content there. You could subscribe, sign up for the newsletter, subscribe for the feature-length versions of the episodes. Uh, I'm uh, on Facebook at Doug McKinty and on Twitter at D McKinty. 
uh, and you can find the video versions uh, of each episode on Rockfin, Odyssey, uh, and YouTube, at least for the time being. So thanks, everybody, for checking this one out. Uh, next week, I have a translator of a book called Prestitutes uh, from a German author who uh, was involved in basically the New York Times of Germany for about 20 years. And then he had an epiphany, an awakening uh, about the level of corruption that had been normalized in the press. So uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation because I think we're going to be able to hone in on a lot of the different ways that uh, the mainstream media has been manipulated into just giving us the the narrative of the upper classes. Uh, he makes it pretty clear in the book, and I think the conversation is going to really help to... Um, help to make it clear just exactly how kind of these subtle forms of soft corruption uh, are how they can manipulate these entire um, these entire professions. You know, people always ask, well, all the doctors can't be in on the big pharma conspiracy. All the journalists can't be in on it, right? Uh, but in fact, it's just that the entire corporate network has been corrupted and these soft forms of corruption uh, end up basically just... Um, just influencing people to the point where it's like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll go with the flow. It's going to be good for my career. You get a lot of perks, a lot of prizes. Um, so it explains, it explains how these institutions can be corrupted without being uh, overtly connected to any grand conspiracy. Um, so we'll be looking forward to that. Um, that should be coming out uh, in the next couple of days, actually, so stay tuned. All right, thanks, everybody, for checking this one out, uh, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. <laughs>